When you were in grade school, John, how many times did your teacher send home a letter for your mom to sign because you didn't do your homework? <laughs> yeah, a lot. <laughs> I kind of figured. I kind of yeah. figured, but... You know, I know last week we tried to do the Eagle episode, didn't work out so well, so we gave you some homework. Did you do a little more research about the AMC Eagle? I have three pages of notes, so I, I hope I've got enough. Now, are these notes that you printed off or notes that you actually like made yourself? Both. Oh, all right. Well, I'm impressed. I, I modified some of them, um, and then I, I printed them. So, we'll, so, we'll so you've got some information. Yes, yes, indeed. All right. Well, we've got a, we've got a reason we want to talk today about the AMC Eagle folks, and uh, what, are you good with that, John? Yeah, that's fine by me. It's time to hit the trail. Lock in those hubs and throw it into low range because you are listening to Wheel It with Keith and Johnny Orange. Broadcasting from the Thin Line Off-Road Studio, they're here to talk about 4x4s, trucks, and everything to do with enjoying the great outdoors. Buckle up. Here's your hosts, Keith and Johnny Orange. So we mentioned on our last episode during the Museum Minutes that the AMC Eagle that we had on display for several months had gone away and is now back, and everyone at the museum is pretty excited that the Eagle is back. Oh, yeah. Uh, wouldn't you say the Eagle has landed? <laughs> Aha, I like it. Yeah, the Eagle has landed. Again. Yes, it has. Well, it's landed again. It's, it's back in the museum. Um, and, you know, we, we talked about it in the last episode, what a beautiful car it is. Oh, gorgeous. And, you know, the Eagle, the AMC Eagle has such a rich history that is forgotten by so many people. It's It, it really has a lot of things that happened with the Eagle that have, what, what would the word be for that, that have basically influenced... Revolutionized the four-wheel drive world as a whole? Yeah, and the car world a <laughs> That's more bit. than a word, but... Well, yeah, it, it, but that's the right word for it. Oh, um, yeah. It's revolutionized the car industry. Absolutely. Ushered in something new. Now, the AMC Eagle, of course, is a old vehicle. They're not in production anymore. Oh, they stopped the year I was born. Coincidence? Uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> no, yeah, maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> so, well, 87. So you were born in 87? No, I was born in 88, so the model year. Oh, no, yeah, they did have an 88 model yeah. year, right? Okay. Well, the AMC Eagle came out in 80, so it had a, a, a kind of a short run there. It was only eight years, or nine years if you count 1980 itself, so yeah. a, a nine-year production run. Um, and what is an AMC Eagle? Uh, John, have you, have you ever ridden in one, or have you seen anyone besides? I have not. I, I didn't know a whole lot about these before the, the one that we got at the, the Mora. So I, I didn't know anything about them until that one. Okay, so you think what... Maybe because we live in Michigan and they tended to be kind of rust prone. <laughs> that that's probably a, a good reason why I haven't seen many of them. And they do predate, you know, anything that I had to do with cars in the beginning. Yeah, man, but you know, I remember as a kid, and I'm only about ten years older than you, I remember as a kid these things running around everywhere, and I remember a number of people, even say 
10 years ago still having them. But in in all fairness, I guess I haven't seen any running around here anymore. Mm-hmm. So either they're all in the hands of collectors or they have broken down, rusted the un- away. The unfortunate truth of any vehicle over time, it's been retired to the graveyard. True. Although I do know, um, I have a, a, a number of friends that I keep in touch with up in the UP. And the AMC Eagle still has a very strong following up there. There's a number of people that have them that have kept them alive all this time, and they're enthusiasts for them. So Indeed, there's a lot of the Pacific Northwest of the U.S., Canada, and Alaska. There's a lot of them are still abundant in service and for sale, even this far out after production. In certain regions of the U.S.? Yeah, uh, yeah U.S., Canada, and um, oh, Alaska, part of the U.S. Well, those would be areas that would have needed a car that had a little better traction than a regular rear-wheel drive or front-wheel drive car. Yeah. So that makes sense that they're still there and that they're still being used. So the AMC Eagle, when it came out in 1980, was an all-wheel drive vehicle. And it was the first really mass-produced American all-wheel drive vehicle. Prior to that, there was the low-end Subaru um, was but I can't think of anything else mass produced that was all wheel drive. Not not that I know of. Until you get into the actual SUV and the truck market and all that, you're absolutely right. Well, yeah, and those would have been like your four wheel drive. But um, John, do you know the difference? If not, I'll explain it to you. But do you know the difference between all wheel drive and four wheel drive? Not mistaken, it's selectable. Yes and no. Um, all wheel drive typically has a slippage for the front so you are always having all of the wheels have power to them okay makes sense where with four-wheel drive you do but it's not always like you said it's selectable mm. so you can usually shut off the front axle in most applications some the rear axle yeah and you can drive on one axle most of the time until you need it but with an all-wheel drive vehicle you have power going to all four wheels and tires makes sense all the time and that's what the AMC Eagle was. And the way that it became all-wheel drive was through what was called the Ferguson formula. Mm-hmm. Did you re- do any research or reading about that? I did a little bit, and I've got a little blip on that. Yeah, uh, hey, let's hear it. So, so Harry Ferguson Research Limited was a British company founded by Harry Ferguson. Was you, most- you, can't, you don't say. <laughs> okay, yeah. all right. Yeah, I do. I do say. Thank oh, you. you do say, yeah. <laughs> Uh, he was mostly known as the father of the modern form tractor. So he's a pioneer aviator, one of the first to build fly his own airplane in Ireland. And he went on to develop four-wheel drive system for cars, including the first one and their use in Formula One racing. And they called that the, the Ferguson formula, correct? Yes. Yeah, there, there was an F1 car that was designed and built using his designs and used in the 1961 racing season. Even as of today, it's the only victory of a four-wheel drive car in the F1. And then many years after that, that success is part of what put the design on the map with auto manufacturers, even after him trying to offer the technology to them for many years prior. Okay, and they, they weren't interested all the years? And that was through the 60s and 70s, correct? The early 60s. Early yeah, 60s. I, I forgot to write down uh, when he passed away, but it was actually after he passed away that that influence and another auto company kind of took on the four-wheel drive and started developing that more in the the passenger cars. Okay. I don't know a lot about Ferguson Development. It's called Ferguson Developments? Uh, Harry Ferguson Research Limited. Or Harry Ferguson Research. Yeah. I don't know a lot about that, but I do have a gentleman that contacted us through the museum Mm -hmm. uh, who is out in the U.K., 
who is doing a book about Harry Ferguson and his life. So I don't want to get too much technical into the Ferguson formula. Mm-hmm. I think I'd like to bring him onto the podcast in the future if we that, can. That would be awesome. Yeah, and I, he he can you know teach us both a little bit. Oh, more. for sure. We'll have to set that up. Is I I just skimmed a little bit of information to be able to define it a little more. So to understand more of it would be great. Yeah, I know enough about the Ferguson formula to be dangerous, and that's about <laughs> it. So yeah, um, but yeah. I do know that uh, they had taken AMC wanted to make an all-wheel drive vehicle to compete with the um, some of the the low-end imports that were coming in, create something that would be um, using the word crossover, even though they didn't use it back then, mm-hmm. a crossover between their cars and their Jeep lineup. Yeah. And because the AMC owned Jeep at the time, Chrysler didn't own Jeep. AMC Correct. did. Yep. And they wanted something that would be a little bit in between. You know, somebody who wanted the comfort of a passenger car, but they needed the all-wheel drive or the four-wheel drive yeah. uh, traction of a four-wheel drive and vehicle. The, the first proposal of that came from Roy Lunn, who was the chief engineer for AMC Jeep. And they he came up with that, recommended using the straight six coupled to an automatic transmission during some of the initial testing for it. So there's a lot of crossover parts, actually, between the Jeep and the Eagle itself. Oh, tons, tons. I do Which, know that. that. That baffled me on that. that oh, you incredible. didn't know that? I didn't, know. <laughs> yeah. I never realized how influential Jeep was on the Eagle. That's pretty cool. Well, yeah, same parent company. And AMC was famous for reusing parts wherever they could oh, yeah. to cut a dollar. Uh, so that, that was what they did. Well, so and even that in the development, they took their um, their a different line of vehicles that they had. Uh, I think it was called the Concord. Yep. Yeah, it was, it was the Concord. And instead of building a whole new vehicle to build the Eagle, they took the Concord and had the Ferguson system put into the Concord. Essentially, yeah, based yeah. off a lot of the Jeep designs. Yeah, based off yeah. the Jeep designs to make this all-wheel drive vehicle, and it it proved to be. Very successful right oh, away. Oh, yeah. And they said, let's go to production with this thing. Yeah. A lot of what happened and helped influence that was uh, in 79, they call it a second energy crisis. I've heard and of that before, the, yeah. the A lot of the Jeep line sales dropped just doing parts of the low fuel efficiency with everything. And the Eagle was a low-cost way to kind of bridge that gap. Oh, hang on a second. Are you telling me Jeeps aren't fuel efficient? You have to have known this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> everybody know. knows that. Come I, on, Jeep I, I think, just empty I think every the, pocket. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think the I think the last Jeep I got had only only got about sixteen or seventeen miles a gallon. It wasn't very good. Yeah, well, I've improved mine, so it's not a fair statement. Okay, <laughs> but no, it, a lot of the influence, though, like you said, it came from the Concorde and later the Spirit, as far as the the influences to make a car that's more capable. Okay, so it's pretty cool. Hey, so you, did you do some research in the uh, the actual design? You said you you knew who designed the car. Uh, just some of the notes I came across. It was uh, Roy Lunn, L U N N. I've heard that name before. Do you know what else he's involved in? Uh, AMC Jeep. He's a chief engineer. Oh, maybe that's <laughs> yeah. That that. Oh, okay. We've, we've probably. I'm sure we've mentioned his name before. It, it had to be. It, either it sounded that. familiar when when I was going through and doing some reading on stuff. Yeah, something like that. Um, so the, the, what can we say about the Eagle? So it came out, it was this all wheel drive car. If you've never seen one, look one up online. They're, they're boxy little vehicles. They, you know, the, the design of them are loved by many, hated by some. Um, they don't look anything like a Jeep. No, no. They had a uh, coupe sedan and station wagon body styles. 
later in the development, they actually had a convertible design that came out too. It it wasn't a direct design; it was a conversion. American sunroof or something like that. Uh, I wrote it down. I've got a whole thing on it. <laughs> oh, okay. I know back in the day, um, things like the Firebird convertibles and uh, Camaro convertibles were actually made by American Sunroof Company. So I, <laughs> I, I didn't know if that was maybe the same one or if there's somebody else that was doing it. Where they were, they were literally just taking sedans and cutting the tops off and modifying. Nice. Them. Yeah, this one was it was performed by Griffith, who was headquartered in Fort Lauderdale. Oh, so it actually shipped then. the cars from Kenosha down there for the conversion. Kenosha, don't you say? Yeah. These were made no in idea. Wisconsin? Yeah, initially. The Eagle was? To to some degree. I forgot to write the rest of that down. Oh, I, <laughs> I didn't even know that. I mean, yeah. Okay. They were actually, they were factory approved conversions. Okay. So it, it was pretty neat. They were only available during the 81 and 82 model years, and they were called the Sundancer. Yeah, I'm looking up at a picture one right now. It's got or like goofy. a Targa, Targa type <laughs> bar on it. Yep. Not a bad looking car. I mean, it's a little different. It, it really doesn't. It doesn't hearken to the vision of an off road vehicle or a Jeep. No. <laughs> uh, it kind of reminds me of of like a Honda Del Sol, all jacked yeah. up or something. Um, yeah, there was reference. You probably don't even know what a Honda Del Sol is, do you? I've heard it. <laughs> oh, I don't yeah, know what I'm, it okay. is. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at it. Um, but you know they had these boxy little cars. They had kind of the flat, rectangular, uh, traditional AMC grill. Um, AMC made all of their vehicles, you know, pretty much look about the same from the front end. So you knew an AMC was coming at you. We talked about that in a previous episode. How with the Willys Jeepster when they went from the C101 to the C104, yeah, the bullnose design on yeah, the later model. They did that yep. same big rectangular grill on the front yeah. of it. You can definitely see the influence there. Um, of course, the Eagle came out uh, significant, well, almost 10 years after the Bullnose ended production. Yeah. Um, you know, and that was really their their last kind of crossover type vehicle. But the, this was more car than it was truck. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. So, However, it was actually classified as a light truck. What a lot really? of that helped it do, it helped it get around a lot of the EPA emissions for passenger car regulations. I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, that's kind of interesting. Yeah. The um, well, so the AMC Eagle, like I said, it was made for um, eight years, mm -hmm. and of course, the very end of it, it was part of that whole um, AMC uh, or Chrysler takeover of AMC. Yes. But I, I don't want to get quite into that yet because there's kind of a story behind that. And I think we might be about that time where we should take a quick break and we'll get into a few more things about the Eagle. Sounds good. See you in a bit. It's cute when Rover shakes a paw for you. Good boy. And when he rolls over on command. That's it, buddy. But when he brings in fleas and ticks from the outside. Rover. Not so much. Rover can't help what time of year it is, but ABC Home and Commercial Services can. They're the best in pets, so give them a call and they'll come around and treat your yard. ABC Home and Commercial Services, 810-794-5678. Online at abcbees.com. Welcome back to Woodland with Keith and Johnny Orange. Uh, just before the commercial break, we were talking about the AMC Eagle. We're going to take a quick step back, talk a little bit about what's going on in the news. What do you have for us today, Keith? 
Uh, you know, not a lot right now, John. A uh, few things. Uh, of course, it's been in the news that GM's on strike. Uh, I don't. I read a little bit into it. I don't really fully understand. It was something about healthcare. That, that's uh, all I've seen about it too. Yeah, I haven't been following a lot of that much. <laughs> my thoughts, and these are my personal thoughts and concerns, is you know we talked on the last episode with their big recall because of the brake booster issue that they were having, and then I think an episode prior to that with the frames bending on the Colorado. Mm. Um, you know, not that I have any GM stock whatsoever, but <laughs> being that this is, I did read this is the first strike GM's had in 14 years. Oh, wow. And I didn't it's been so long. It just seems to me like their stock prices might not do so well mm. or something. I don't know. I'm not, an, I'm not an investor. Yeah. I don't follow a lot of that kind of stuff either, honestly. And, and then I know there's been a lot of rumor going on about uh, GM potentially coming out with very soon with a Jeep Wrangler competitor. Oh, really? Um, it's a yet to be unnamed project they've been teasing us with for a few years. And I'm just wondering if this all this is just going to push it back even further. That or is it going to hype it up? Mm, I don't know. I don't know. So It's amazing what that kind of stuff can do for hyping things up like yeah, that. Yeah, that's true. We'll just have to find out. So. Yeah. Um, uh, what else in the news? You got anything, John? Well, we've got Overland Expo East coming up next month. It's October 11th to 13th down in Arrington, Virginia. So that should be pretty cool. A lot of vendors and displays, um, training seminars and all that going on there. Yeah, I know one of our sponsors, uh, Quick Draw, is going to be down there. I, I'm not sure who else is going to be there sponsor-wise. Um, I have seen a number of things on the uh, some of the Facebook pages about a lot of people getting hyped up and ready for Overland Expo. And um, I would love to go. I might go. I'm not sure. I know that we talked that you and I might even go, or you might go. We're I'm not totally sure yet, for it. So. I'd love to go down there. I've never been to Virginia. so Oh, you've never been to Virginia? I have not. Oh, that's beautiful. I, I've landed nice. in West Virginia in a plane once. Oh, okay. But you've never been to, like, no, Virginia? No, not Virginia. No, that's, uh, that's East, Maryland. East Virginia? No, no. I've, I've driven through South the Virginia. corner of West Virginia. That's it. Oh, I've never okay. been to Virginia, the state as itself. <laughs> oh, I got a buddy that lives out there, and nice. uh, he's involved with an off-road club. He's got a Rubicon um, LJ, and nice. he has uh, he does tons and tons of wheeling. So, if he ever wants to sell that, well, well actually, like, it was it wasn't originally an LJ. It was originally <laughs> oh. a Rubicon. Like the first year they came out, maybe '04, I think was. The I believe first. so. Yes. Yeah, he bought it like right away. He hmm. put a couple hundred thousand miles on it. Eventually got to the point where the frame was rusting and stuff, and he bought a low-mileage, oh. rust-free LJ and transferred in his axles, Ice. trans transfer case, all that. Ice. You know, moved everything over. So it's a it's a Rubicon LJ, but Hybrid. not... Yeah, <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's all the parts, but, you know, the VIN number doesn't... Yeah, VIN, know, just VIN. It, oh, it drives me nuts. It's what? VIN, vehicle identification number. When you say VIN number, you're saying number, number. Vin, I never thought of that before. Yeah. Vin number. Oh, it drives me nuts. So should I, I should I that. call it the Vi number? If you're gonna say number, then yes. Or you just call it the Vin. The Vin doesn't match. Oh man, now you now <laughs> you've added something else to my OCD for me to pay attention to. Yeah, I've never. I'm glad I've brought this to your attention. <laughs> well, all right, then I'm gonna give you one too. We're Uh-oh. since we're on side notes. Why do people take a leak? I don't know. I haven't heard this one. Shouldn't before. you leave it? Ah. Or, you know, number two, people are like, I'm going to go take a, you know what? I'm like, <laughs> I, take it where? Just leave it there. I, I Don't like bring the, it with you. I get that on the job site all the time. Guys are like, I'm going to go take a, you know, 
I like the Canadian version better. Oh. I'm going to go have a piss. Have or a, <laughs> have one, huh? Yeah. So weird. <laughs> so weird. English is weird. It is. It's a very strange language. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> uh, did you have something else in the news? Uh, that, that was about it. All the little tidbit that I had is that hopefully we'll both be down there. Yeah. So. We'll see. We'll see. Oh, yeah. What about museum minutes? Wheels in the woods, of course. Just I love hearing the clock ticking there because I, I I don't know. Uh, aside from wheels in the woods, that's coming up. God, was that a week and a half? Yeah, well, less than a less than a week and a half. I mean, it's September twenty eighth yeah. from from this record. By the time this recording airs, it will be less than, less a, week. than a week. Oh yeah. wow, yeah. Um, oh, I got some work to do. <laughs> I okay. So for wheels in the woods. The thing I'm most excited about. And this is this is probably kind of silly because it's not. <laughs> It's not the vehicles. It's not the event. Um, I don't know why. I'm just really getting geeked for this Power Wheels uh, oh. <laughs> thing that we're doing. You know, we're going to have the little Power Wheels rock crawling race. I, I just saw the uh, the award picture for that. Yeah. That, that's cool. It is. It Whoever is, picked that image, I like it. <laughs> it is pretty cool. Uh, Laser Market out of uh, Richmond, uh, nice. Michigan. They they do a great job with awards. So, and, you know, that, that's just a free plug for them there. I, Absolutely. I, they did our awards last year and this year. So, uh, but no, uh, you know, these the, this this Power Wheels race, man, um, I, I just keep thinking every day, like, what kind of obstacles are we going to put together? Mm-hmm. I know the area that we're going to do it, but it's like, how are we going to make it even more? Yeah. I don't say challenging, but fun for the kids. Yeah. And the other day at a job site, I got a bunch of scrap plywood and nice. a bunch of things, and, I, and I've already got some ideas in my mind. So, cool. Um, I'm I'm hoping to get some awesome pictures and you know have a lot of fun for the kids. And the other thing is, is I've had a number of people that have confirmed to me um, that they are bringing their kids on their Power Wheels. Very cool. So that that to me is like, okay, great. We're we're, do, we're doing something for these kids. And I've got a couple calls the last couple days uh, through the museum line. Uh, regarding uh, the swap meet space. So hopefully there'll be some uh, Jeep parts or something for you to find. That, that could be dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of Jeep parts, Project XJ, uh, yeah. she's going to be there, right? Running, driving, and, and uh, good to go? I don't know. It's, uh, it's getting close. I've had to special order a few things that I've been unable to locate parts-wise for it, and I don't know if they're going to be here in enough time for me to install them and get it tuned enough to drive. Chicken wire, JB Weld, make it work, man. I mean, I could duct tape and super glue stuff, but I just, I don't know if I'm going to make it. I don't know. Am I, I, the, you're going to be at Wheels in the Woods. Oh, though. I will be there as will Pegasus, the, okay, the diesel Wrangler. So right. I've got a couple things to do to her to get her out there. Okay. Uh, well, cleaned up and ready for the show, I should say. All right. She's gets, she needs some work. But uh, yeah, she'll be out there for sure. Polish the parking brick. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, it's uh it needs some cleaning. It's got some dirt on it. <laughs> but she'll be out there for sure. Project XJ. Unfortunately it's looking like it may not make it in time for it, but I'll, I'll at least definitely have uh, some updates for it. Uh, I'll be posting more of those on four by four talk probably within the next week or so here. I've got All a bunch right. of stuff ready to go for it. All right, cool, cool. Um, did you have anything else on any of that? No, that's about it. All right, that's about it. So, so back to the eagle, man. Yep. Um, I was going over some of my notes too, and things that I had thought about with the eagles. Um, you know, my first experience with the AMC eagle when I was a kid, 
my good friends um, just down the road from me, they had a, I want to say it was like kind of a poop brown colored one with uh, uh, wood grain siding. It was, it was just a very, Interesting. it was not the greatest color combo, Yeah, but that car and it had like that, that tan Naga hide interior. Oof. We took that thing everywhere though, and it was comfortable and it was peppy. And, you know, I remember his mom driving this thing on our lovely Michigan roads in the winter, <laughs> snow and ice. And she's just passing everyone on the road, like left and right. You know, it's, it's funny you mentioned that is the, the AMC Eagle is actually used as one of the first ice driving school vehicles in the U.S. I have never heard that before. How'd you find, how did you find that information? I don't know. I, I find all kinds of weird stuff. <laughs> Ice driving. Okay, yeah. that's pretty cool, yep. though. I know they were also involved in a whole bunch of the Pro Rally series uh, racing, which is not a series of racing that I know a lot about. I've gone to one rally race in my life, but mm-hmm. um, I know that all the, through their entire run, they had uh, you know drivers in the Pro Rally series, and they, oh, yeah. they took a, a number of places. All the way up till the end, they did, yeah. All the way to '88. Yep. Yeah, that's. Uh, and then they also had. We already talked about the um, convertible. They had some special models of the Eagle, though, as well. They did, and one of my favorites. It was a very rare one, but it was a factory-approved conversion in 1980 for a turbo diesel. So it was a conversion. <laughs> it wasn't a factory build. I know you and I Correct. actually talked about the diesel Eagle a while ago. Little bit, and yeah. And I didn't do my, any more research into it because I had never heard of one. But, mm-hmm. So this was well. This was, it's, it's not surprising you haven't heard about them. There were only seven made. Seven. That, seven thought to be made. Thought to be made. Yeah. Two are accounted for in one of the AMC Eagle Clubs, and the other five are unknown. Now, at the time, the Eagle uh, had a the, the basic two door model started uh, just shy of seven thousand dollars. Four door was about uh, a little over seventy five hundred. The diesel option was $9,000, so it was probably a big turn away for a lot of people. And yeah, that, that limited a lot of early appeal. Early 80s money, yeah. yeah. A lot well, of appeal was limited, and that's why it was discontinued. Well, I mean, just figuring that same thing is, you know, early 80s money. What year was the diesel? Uh, in the 80, uh, 1980. Oh, yep. it was the first year. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Just a couple of years later, my parents bought a brand new Dodge Omni, <laughs> if you remember those, right off the dealer I, lot. I don't. It was I like $3,500. Oh, wow. Yeah. So... You know, I, maybe it was like the previous year's model, but mm-hmm. it was left over. It was a brand new car. So maybe that wasn't the original MSRP. Could have been, yeah. But still, $1,500 for an upcharge on an engine in the 80s, that was a lot oh, of money. Oh, significant, yeah. What, what's that money. convert to now? Like five, six grand, something like that? Probably, I'd yeah. have to look that up. Yeah, probably. Um, I always liked, too, the SX4. Those uh, were cool. Yeah, the little two-door hatchback. I remember seeing one for sale that I stopped by and looked at a number of times here in town um, as a young man. And I think it was a four-cylinder with a five-speed manual. Could be. Does that sound right? Yeah, they, they made them. Those, uh, one of the notes that I found on those, the it was not the, the Hurricane inline four, the Chevy. It was the AMC inline four. Okay. With a manual trans, got about 32 miles to the gallon on the highway. Ooh, I should have bought that car. Yeah. <laughs> And it's funny, you mentioned about the cars that were built into the rally cars. There were some very rare ones offered to collectors, such as there's one version powered by 6.4 liter AMC V8. Six, oh, the, is that the yep, four, 390. Oh, that's the 390. Yep. 
Wow. I didn't yeah. know there was any V8 Eagles. That it, it was one that was built for the Pro Rally. So it was probably one of those. Do you know how many ones. were built or anything? That I don't know. So you don't, I mean, and they weren't available to the general public, though? I don't believe so. I, oh, I didn't okay. dig too deeply into that. It was so the general public only got the 258 inline six and then the four cylinder. Yeah, two Which, different four cylinders. And the, the four what, two. Oh, wait a minute. Two two different four cylinders? So there was the, the Hurricane in the early days, and then later on in the production, I, I forgot to write down the, the specifics on the engine, but it was a different inline four. Was it that AMC 2.4 or whatever? I believe it was, yes. That's not a real good engine. I know no. they had problems with them, <laughs> yeah. Um, interesting. Okay. Um, you know, that's... Uh, I, I didn't know that. That is two different engines, or two different 4s, and then one 6. Yeah. The fun yeah. part, so the 4.2, the, the inline 6 that's throughout the its production. Yeah. yeah. There were actually, I believe it was two or three different revisions of that engine that were... I don't want to say that were available. It was just the overall production variations of it. Like the early ones, I believe it was an 8.2 to 1 compression ratio. Late models were 9.2. Well, that's that's weird for the 80s. Typically, they were, um, they were bumping down compression. So they went up in compression through yeah. the 80s? Hmm. On, on the information I came across, at least, yes. Interesting. So... Um, so the eagle that we have at the museum, I know we've covered it before. Uh, it's believed to be one of the earliest uh, eagles that is unrestored that's still in factory condition. Um, very minor, minor. Any blemishes that are on it are so minor that you would have to be looking for them. Yeah. The car's got 54,000 original miles. It belongs to Mr. Mark Garrett um, out of Indiana. He has had it on loan. He's one of our lifetime members of the museum. Um, greatly appreciate him bringing that car to us. It's, oh, absolutely! It's a, it's a black, beautiful, beautiful car. Black vehicle. It, it's typically um, what they would call a triple black car because instead of having um, the wood grain siding, the insert area is also black. The the regular vehicles black, and the interior is black as well. I like that. I've I don't know. I that. don't know if that if that phrase is used in the AMC circles, but mm -hmm. in some of the Chevy circles where the cars were typically. Um, a two-tone car. Mm -hmm. If you had one where it was all black and then it had a black interior, they would call it a triple black. Cool. And it's kind of rarer. Yeah. Um, Makes sense. You know, it definitely has a Darth Vader look to it. <laughs> so I like that. <laughs> you know, so I, I like it too. Um, Huge fan of that series. So oh, I like okay. That. <laughs> um, you know, great, great little looking car that we have in there. Um, he's, he has it on loan to us. He had it out, won some awards at the AMC Nationals with it, and then awesome. brought it back to the museum. So, um, you know, so over the year, the Eagle, you know, it's hard for John and I to do a, a real comprehensive history of the Eagle where we can talk about, uh, you know, all the technological things in and out, because a lot of the technology that was in the Eagle was borrowed from other sources. Oh, yeah. You know, the Ferguson formula, the inline six, which is AMC. I think the most, in my opinion, the most interesting story of the AMC Eagle, as it, as it goes to four-wheel drive history and the museum, is the death of the Eagle Ooh. and what, you know, that particular whole situation caused. And mm -hmm. I think after break, I'd like to tell you about that. Sounds good. Hey, it sounds like it's time to swap out that old engine for something better, John. 
Yeah, man, but I have so much into my trans and transfer case set up already. I don't want to change those two. Sounds like you need to call Quick Draw Brand Adapters. They specialize in conversion bell housings for nearly all diesel and gasoline engines, including the new 2.8R Cummins. You know, I like weird engines, though. I want something different. Then you definitely need to visit quickdrawbrand.com today. They have those hard to find parts. They also have used diesel engines available. You can call them at 513-446-9654. Cool, I'll do that. See what they have. Thanks. Welcome back to Wheelin'. I'm Keith, and sitting across from me is Mr. Johnny Orange, the famous Mr. Johnny Orange. I don't know about famous. Well, I don't know. You, you've you got like a public profile. Yeah. Uh, I've been in some music know, videos and Been in some music videos. Been and, on TV. <laughs> so Johnny Orange is pretty famous. Yeah, I guess. Okay. All right. <laughs> um, you know, we were talking about the AMC Eagle up until we got to the break point. And, you know, there's... Actually... I got a note on that. You, Go mentioned, ahead. you mentioned famous people and such. Um, we were talking about the Eagle, as you just mentioned. Yeah. There were some uh, very well-maintained examples from high-profile owners, high-profile owners, such as Phoebe Hurst. Who's that? William Randolph Hurst's grandfather. Who's that? Hurst. Hurst Shifters. Hurst Performance. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's just a quick note. <laughs> that's that's not like a list famous though here now. In the off road world, it is. Come on. Okay. All right. Because the Hearst Jeepster and <laughs> yeah. all that. Yeah. Okay. Um. Any other? Any, you, said, you, you said you had others. Any other famous people? That was the only note I had. <laughs> okay. Um. I'm oh, sure there are more, but that's the only note that I had. Okay. Here is I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the the abbreviated story about how a. I, I before break I actually said that the death of the AMC Eagle is was really mm. interesting. It's not so much that as it is widely believed today that the AMC Eagle is actually what killed AMC. Really? Yes. Huh. Um so now part of this is this is all based on ru- some rumors and speculation and a lot of backdoor meetings that happened between various parties. Mhm. So some of this can be confirmed, some of this cannot. AMC historians, Chrysler historians, other off-road vehicle historians have dug into this for years, and I'm going to give you what they've pieced together. So don't take this as 100% gospel, but at the same point, um, it, it's pretty accurate from the, from what we can tell. Mm. Um, as we know in the early 80s, most car people know that... Chrysler Corporation was struggling. Yes. Um, they brought Lee Iacocca on board, who introduced a whole bunch of innovations such as the K-Platform, um, which went across a lot of different models of vehicles. Um, and AMC at the same time, what in the 70s, was struggling very much as well. The Eagle was kind of planned to be one of their saving graces that they wanted, like you said before, the Jeeps were getting terrible mileage. We were in a gas crisis. Um, They were trying to figure out how to continue to build an off-road vehicle without, um, you know, basically completely just scrapping the Jeep or or whatever it may be. So AMC came up with this idea, and they put this four-wheel drive system into their Concorde and made the Eagle. Immediately, Lee Iacocca took notice. Hmm. Lee Iacocca supposedly 
And like I said, this is supposedly, mm-hmm. I, I can't verify this, supposedly had a meeting with AMZ executives and said, I want you to release the all-wheel drive Ferguson formula technology that you're using because they had some sort of agreement rights mm-hmm. to use it for so many years. And they said, we want you to release it, you know, and here's basically a blank check. Hmm. And we, we want it over at um, Chrysler to be able to use it for Chrysler. Now, did that meeting actually happen? Um, it, many historians believe that it did. There was also some numbers that were talked, and I've read through forums, I've read through books, I've read through accounts over the years on this thing, and it is widely believed that the offer of $300 million was on the table huh. for AMC to release uh, the Ferguson formula to Chrysler so Chrysler could start using it in their platform of vehicles. Jeez. Um, AMC, for whatever reason, did not give Chrysler... You know, did not release their mm-hmm. their contract so Chrysler could pick it up, and so Lee Iacocca, being the shrewd businessman he was, went back to AMC, and this is a historical fact. This is something that that everybody knows. Went to AMC and said, "Hey, our our company's struggling. Your company's struggling. Why don't we talk about a merger?" And hmm. they started talking about a merger as early as eighty one or eighty two. So obviously, only a couple of years into Eagle production. Yeah. Um, AMC said, "Well, okay, our ears are open." Well, over the next several years, AMC and Chrysler went back to the board um, to complete this merger, mm-hmm. which in the corporate world, there's never really such thing as a merger. It's always a buyout. Yeah. You know, they call it a merger. But they kept going back to AMC and saying, okay, well, we're ready to sign on the line, but we need <laughs> you to update this plant over here. Or we need you to change this uh, this facility, mm-hmm. and in the process, bankrupted AMC. Jeez. And then they swooped in, bought them on the and cheap, bought them out on the cheap. Now, that only happened a little over thirty years ago, and there's a bunch of people that said, "Oh, well, they did that because they wanted Jeep. They wanted Jeep." Mm-hmm. But Lee Iacocca went on record in the '80s and said that he thought the Jeep was a dying brand and that it was long in tooth and that it was not going to be around much longer. See, I think I remember discussing that a little bit in our one one of our Jeep episodes. Something like that, yeah. yeah. And so, you know, Lee Iacocca was never a f- true believer in the Jeep brand. Mm-hmm. But he was this big believer in this, in this all-wheel drive technology, which he wanted very badly. I could see it. <laughs> and so, in the end, um, of course, Chrysler ends up with AMC, now has all of AMC's agreements and patents and everything like that. Nice. They get Jeep, as we know, but they also got the Ferguson formula set up, the all-wheel drive set up. Hmm. And what's interesting, if you look under an Eagle that was built in 1980, Mm -hmm. and you look under a brand-new Dodge Challenger that has all-wheel drive, it almost looks the same. Hmm. The whole all-wheel drive system is very, very similar. I believe they it. they pretty much just took that whole Eagle technology that was 30, yeah. 40 years ahead of its time, and now put that into their into their vehicles. So say that that was one recurring theme that I came across during some of my readings is how ahead of time, how ahead of their time they were. And there was one article written, I believe it was in one of the two thousands. That said, you know, it was comparing the technology then to now. Mm-hmm. And like you said, the, then it was 30 years ahead of its time. It really was. I mean, it, it truly revolutionized 
the whole industry. I mean, there's something else I read a while ago on the Eagle was that I think it was 81 or 82, something like that, that they even revolutionized low drag disc brakes that, mm-hmm. that would, uh, they, they were floating disc brakes. Prior yep. to that, they had a lot of drag and disc brakes, you'd wear out pads a lot faster. Yeah. So, I mean, just little things like that. Oh, yeah. The Eagle was full of mod- of these futuristic technologies. Yeah. Great car. Um, not the greatest steel, but nothing had the greatest steel in that time. Oh, no. I mean, really, there's there's nothing that was built in the 70s, early 80s uh, that, you know, isn't rusty. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Especially so, here in Michigan. <laughs> well, and so that's why surviving examples of the Eagle are pretty rare. Oh, yeah. And they are going up and up in value. Yeah. I know a lot of the, the value, again, another note I had come across was the, they're not dropping in value. No. They're not rapidly rising except the Sundance convertible versions. Those are apparently worth a lot. <laughs> are they really? <laughs> there I, are so I don't few know if you've ever seen one. I, I definitely have How many were made? Uh, I don't believe that number's known, actually. Oh, I had really? I come across a chart on a website that had all the production numbers, and he had it blank in the Sundancer. Oh. And there was so much conflicting information on what was available that there was no number in there. Okay. So the like the total production over all the years and models was around one hundred ninety two thousand and thirty one. It's still pretty low production. It it is overall, but the as far as how many specific of the 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 convertible model, that I don't know. Okay. I'm sure somebody does know, and if you do, please let us know. Yeah, sure. By all I'd means. I'd be very curious to know that. Um, I know I've looked before at Eagles a number of times. I've got these fantasies in my mind of say swapping a mod, uh, modern. Now they're gone, anyways. <laughs> but a four liter, uh, fuel injected straight six into one. You know, it, it's funny you mention that because that version of the engine came out towards the end of the development year. Mm-hmm. The Eagle never got it. The Eagle maintained the four two up until the last one. Oh it yeah! Never got a four zero. Never I, got I, I was thinking leader. the same thing. I'd love to swap a four zero into that. Yeah, four zero AX fifteen. Absolutely, that that'd be a that lot would of be fun. awesome. That'd be really cool. And that, that's had my mind rolling the last couple of days thinking about that one I found in the scrapyard a couple of weeks ago. Or when the budget's a little bit better, <laughs> how about a Hellcat? Oh, I'd totally do that. That budget would have to be great to do 700 that. Seven <laughs> hundred horsepower supercharged Hemi under the hood. If anybody's of one. got a, a sponsorship to donate <laughs> us a Hellcat crate engine transmission computer, we'll buy setup, the Eagle. We we'll will, buy the Eagle yeah. and we'll put it in there. <laughs> um, we'll make it happen. <laughs> I noticed on Marketplace and Craigslist and eBay, uh, if somebody wants to get into an Eagle today, um, you can like if you're looking for one to bomb around on the back roads and just to drive in the winter because it's great out, great oh, yeah. in the winter. You can buy a running, driving, used one for like two grand. That's not as bad as I was thinking. No, you can buy though a almost a collector quality mint condition one in hmm. that you know six, seven, eight thousand dollars. It's not that bad either. Wow, it's a great entry level collectible yeah. vehicle, and they're going up in value. They are slow. I need a barn. I want to start building all this stuff that we keep talking about. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Um, so yeah, no, I mean that was really. Uh, I guess I did kind of wrap that up, but you know, <laughs> the speaking of um, you know how they died off, how AMC died off, you know, it was through that whole Chrysler thing, and and of course now Chrysler has Jeep, and we all know that that was the winning one to have. Oh Anyways, yeah, but they do also have that all-wheel drive technology. Yes, absolutely, and so. Um, that that really was a, a great buyout. Oh, for sure. It worked out that. better in the end, for sure. Uh, now, let's speculate for a moment. I okay. always like, I'm a guy that likes to think of what the future would the be what like. what if. The what <laughs> if. 
What if... Let, let's look at a couple scenarios. Okay. What do you think would have happened to AMC if they would have said yes and given the Ferguson formula to Chrysler? Hmm. That's a, that's a good one. There's... Wow. Oh. <laughs> I, okay, so let's let's say that that three hundred million offer was real. Mm-hmm. We don't know if it was or not. We don't True. know. We don't know if it's speculation or not. But let's say they did get that three hundred million cash influx. It in, probably would have killed off a lot of the the mid to late model uh, AMC vehicles entirely. I mean, I don't. You know the the Cher- Jeep Cherokee, for example, which everybody knows that name. Mm-hmm. First year that was eighty four. So if that that three hundred million dollar offer was in the early eighties, would we still have had the Cherokee? Well, the Cherokee didn't use the Ferguson formula, though. No, but a lot of the influences were there for the four wheel drive system. Well, see, what I'm wondering is if they would have put more money because they had a lot of huh. they had a lot of um, connection with some of the French developers with like the XJ platform. Yeah, Renault, I think it was Renault yeah. and Peugeot. Mm-hmm. Um, would they have maybe put a little bit more money into hmm. their early diesel development because they were trying to um, create fuel efficient fuel efficient vehicles? Yeah, huh? And they they did more more so than anybody early on tinkered with diesel. Oh yeah, without a doubt. So you know, is that something that maybe they hmm. would have put a little more money into the diesel end of things? I don't know. They may have. Um, I hadn't the, thought of it that way. The other the other side of it is. Now, this is one that I like to think about. Mm-hmm. What if AMC would have continued to be a stickler and kept somehow financially muddling through? Would they have bought Chrysler? I could see that. Shortly thereafter, all that, the takeoff of the Jeep line. Yeah. That would have surged profits. That might have been enough to take out Chrysler. So yeah, if Chrysler huh. if Chrysler would have been, you know, just to me in my mind of all the corporate at least from the automotive aspect mm-hmm. of all the corporate mergers and uh, ambulance or something going by, huh? Yep. There you go. Um, yep. The um, of all of the corporate mergers. That are really interesting in history. That really, I mean, if you had a time machine and you go back and you could, it just, it's that one to that be a I, fly on the wall. <laughs> I think that it could have been so easily pushed one way or the other. I, I would think I would agree with that statement. And you know, what would the future look like if you know AMC continued to thrive and prosper? Yeah. You know, would there be even more Jeeps on the road than there are now? Would Eagles be everywhere with that name? Now, oh, as a footnote, Chrysler kept the Eagle name going for yes. a number of years. Actually, the final year of production, they, they dropped it as the AMC Eagle and called it the Eagle Wagon. Yeah. And then after that, they had the Eagle Concord and the um a few other things that they but i think it was like 92 when they dropped the eagle name i believe so there there's one again a footnote that i came across yeah. there was a model called the eagle eagle the eagle eagle yes <laughs> wouldn't they just call it the double eagle like the coin i don't like know a double eagle one. coin I, I think that was that name was taken for the coin <laughs> people are so much better than eagle eagle yeah but it's funny yeah, see I that guess. on a title <laughs> yeah um the eagle was it was interesting. It was crazy influential. 
It really was. I mean, it, it was impressive. So far ahead of its time, what it did for the, you know, the the small compact cars, just everything. It was incredible. Well, yeah, just kind of just kind of going over footnotes here. It was really the first crossover SUV. Yep. That was mass produced. Yes. Yes. It was the first mass produced crossover SUV. It ushered in all-wheel drive technology to the mind of the American people. Mm-hmm. It what else what else did it really hit on? Well, it was designed as, you know, for customers that have to get through regardless of weather conditions. So your doctors, your police, emergency people, and so on, but it it was more of a a passenger vehicle that offered benefits, you know, of safety and security so, to so get like the crossover, yeah, yeah, where you need to go, you know, all that good stuff. And and most people, you know, that drive modern Chrysler vehicles with all wheel drive, they can thank the history and the technology oh, yeah. that was developed. It's rooted through back the, in the eighties through the Ferguson formula that was yep. used in the AMC Eagle. Absolutely. John, do you have anything else you want to chat about today? None that I can think of off the top of my head. I think we hit just about everything in all my notes here. One last thing that I want to mention, you know, I don't need to do any of our social media plugs. You know, we got Wheels in the Woods. We've plugged that enough. Oh, yeah. I would like some genuine feedback from our listeners here. Yes. And here, here's the reason why. This has been, it's been six or seven episodes since we've done a history episode. We've been... Doing more of our general banter kind of episodes where we talk about um, a, a topic or a couple of topics, but we did have a couple of people ask us to do some more history episodes like we did in the early days of this podcast. Is this what you like? If you like this platform and you want to hear more history episodes, um, shoot us ideas. Say, yes. hey, I want to hear more about the blah, blah, blah vehicle or the blah, blah, blah technology. I want to hear more about that. Um, if you don't want to hear the history episodes, let us know too. I Absolutely. Mean, you know, we just want to know, is is this something you want to hear about? But We're looking the, for anything we can do to make this better for you guys. Yeah, it, it's for the listeners. So uh, reach out to us through 4x4Talk on Facebook. You can also email us, uh, info at wheelandradio.com. You can send us a direct email there. And... Um, you know, there's several other ways. If you've been following the show this long already, you probably know how to get hold of us. So mm-hmm. just get a hold of us. Let us know. What do you think, John? You want to do Sounds your thing? Sounds good to me. Thanks for listening, and have a good one, everybody.